Welcome, everyone, to the Passive Income Show. This is Dave Espino with my co-hosts, Phil Ebener, Dennis Smith, Matt Bernstein, and welcome to you guys, instructors. We are totally excited. We just finished uh, listening in on a conference call by Udemy team. Uh, great people, and I gave them a lot of props. And if you guys like us, you can give us a lot of props by just uh, clicking on our squares and showing us some love that way. Uh, <laughs> we're excited to to just be able to continue the conversation and talk about the various things that were discussed earlier. Uh, all four of us here are seasoned, established instructors on Udemy. Uh, combined, we probably have, hey, why don't we do a little roll call and see how many courses we all have. Uh, so I have 41. Phil, you uh, have? I got to check my profile, but I think it's 59. 58. <laughs> He's going so fast, he has to check every time. 59 plus 41, that's what? A lot. Did we hit a hundred already? Yeah, one ten. How many do you have, Dennis? I'm the slacker. I have eight courses. Okay. So And Matt? On you to me, I have 25. Awesome. I think that's so 132. It's not about how many... I think it's 132. Wow. <laughs> so combined, we have 132 courses, guys. So uh, we're no slouches when it comes to you to me, and we're all doing well on you to me. We always want to do better. And that's one of the reasons that we get together and we, we talk with other uh, instructors. So um, so let's get this party started. Who wants to start with some um, some ideas, concepts that we heard from the from the Udemy team? I think that they ended out with uh, pricing, right? So we could maybe talk about that first and just kind of go through the same uh, topics that they went through. Yeah, that sounds yeah, good. That sounds yeah. good. So, so what do you guys? What are you guys experiencing so far as far as the pricing change? Uh, I know a, a lot of people across the board are saying, "Well, my sales are low, uh, etc." I happen to have had a really good month, but mm -hmm. that's primarily because when you look at that earnings graph, the big chunk of that is blue, which means my promotions. <laughs> so I kind of anticipated that it was going to be a low month, and I just went, you know, all out with my own promotions, but. What, what do you guys see in your own business, and then what do you guys see in your communities that you guys serve, that you guys talk to of instructors? Who wants to go first? I'll, I'll start just quickly with my experience. So I can say that I've been on Udemy since 2012, so it's coming up on three or four wow. years now. And I've seen steady growth throughout the entire period, sometimes going up and down, but in general just going up and up and up, which has been amazing. And April was my lowest month in about 10 months. And it was probably about 20% lower, 20, 25% lower than what my average has been over the past 10 months. And so that was quite a significant dip compared to what I've seen before. Um, what helped me out last month was releasing a couple of new courses. So I've been co-teaching a lot of new courses. And I think that's what's going to help all of us sort of maintain the level of income that we had pre prior to the pricing change. Um, that's my goal right now is just creating new courses with the hope that once pricing sort of starts to level off, they keep talking about in the next few months with the new batches of students who are used to the new pricing and then with everyone else kind of getting on board and not being as affected um, as they were in April. If things start to level out and get back to how they were in you know, J June, July, August, that's going to be amazing. Not only am I going to have more courses, but I'm also going to have my old courses that are going to be doing 
doing better. And so that's what I'm doing right now. I've been on Udemy for a long time. I've seen a lot of changes and I'm not giving up hope or faith yet. And so that's my two cents just that, you know, it's called. Oh, we lost your changes. Oh, you lost you're back, me. You're back, oh, you're back. oh, we got the Udemy okay. gremlins. <laughs> <laughs> you, um, one thing I just want to mention lastly was that Udemy has made changes in the past where they didn't do things like the conference calls. They weren't as transparent with us. And so I just give them so much props for actually being transparent with us and uh, following up with Whoa. Oh, we lost you again, Phil. Sorry about that. I'll let you uh, and, go. and just I'll... so everybody knows, we will be answering <laughs> we will be answering questions as we go. So uh, go ahead and type them in if you want. Just type in the forward slash and the letter Q, and then your question, as it as it shows there. And then um, once we get to that section of the show, we'll start answering everybody's questions. So. Uh, okay, I, I show poor internet signal on your end, Phil, so uh, we could probably hear you. Can you guys see Phil? Yeah. Can't you know, one of, the, one of the things that we have to remember, like on the Udemy call when people were having issues, is that one of the things that I saw that helped is maybe move to a different browser, refresh the browser, make sure that you're not running anything in the background, because I noticed that my right. my Google Drive was uploading some files and that hogs the bandwidth. So just check some of those things out if you're having issues watching us. So far, it seems okay on my end. And Phil's back. Yeah, and you know, it just depends on the on the neighborhood you're in, uh, the kind of internet you have, or or whatever. But um, um, you know, so sometimes I, I get superstitious. Sometimes I hear an airplane flying overhead, and my internet dies and i'm like wait is the internet coming from the sky or you know, how's, how's that going <laughs> only the only the, anyway. only the chemtrails come from the sky <laughs> <laughs> back back to the topic at hand i can see how this thing's going to go now <laughs> so we're talking about uh the pricing change and how it's affected people how about you matt how, how have you experienced the pricing change so basically it's similar to you most of my income is coming from my own promotions and that's kind of with the same strategy that phil was talking about creating one or two new courses each and every month and i actually kind of like it because i'm relying more on myself and you can kind of see like i can come up with one or two new courses every month you can kind of calculate and gauge what you're going to earn for that month on udemy for organic sales I've been noticing that the people who do buy, which I'm getting more organic sales than I was when my course was priced at $99, I haven't right. actually been getting any refunds from those. And the students are more engaged. So I feel like they're getting in at a good price, only $20, and they're more engaged and they're not asking for refunds. So I think if you to me can keep getting these kinds of students in, in the, in, uh, <laughs> on to you to me then I think we'll all benefit in the long term yeah you brought up two really good points there Matt one is uh, one way to control your income on Udemy is create another course or two every month and it's not th that difficult if you use a certain strategy which is primarily screen sharing courses um, and the other way to increase your income is um, 
or, or is the pricing change is actually increasing our income in a way. Uh, same thing that you've noticed is what I've noticed is that I'm getting more sales right from the Udemy search engine at full price, which means that my average sale, average uh, sale price is actually higher and it's coming from organic. So that's positive. The negative is that it's going to take a little while for the Udemy uh, student base to get used to these slightly higher prices, right? But we see it happening. I mean, I see it, it growing. The other good thing I noticed is that there is a consistency to these sales that are coming in. Uh, I don't know if you guys are noticing this too, but I get a certain number of sales about every day consistent, consistently where before I would have highs and lows on a daily basis. Now it's like more steady. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, don't, I don't see a ramp up yet, but it's steady. You know, and then the idea was maybe it'll start to ramp up as more and more new students come to Udemy who were not trained with those big discounts. So, um, yeah. Uh, wow, I'm, I'm still missing you. Are you there, Phil? Can I, uh, let me see if we can hear you. Yeah, can you hear me? Can you yeah, hear, me? hear you? Yeah, we can hear you. Just okay, can't cool. see him. <laughs> you can't see oh, him? No. I can see him. Can anybody see yeah. him? Matt, you see him? Oh, maybe it's my end. Feels good. I'm here. <laughs> Weird. Okay, okay. Good. Refresh your browser. I'll just imagine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're getting a lot of, we're get, I don't know if we, anyone else had comments about the pricing, but we're getting a lot of comments in the chats just about how can they improve their course sales and why should they even send people to their Udemy uh, courses. And I feel like that's what people are really interested in. And All right. I think we can continue to talk about what, and I recap what we think about what Udemy just talked about, but really maybe what we can do is help people by telling them what we're doing to improve sales and why we're really sending people to our Udemy yeah, courses. Uh, you know, I was going to talk about my experience, but I was going to bring up the lab that you guys had the other day and just, you know, like I was noticing that in the conversation in the chat there too with just reminding people that we as instructors are basically responsible for doing our own marketing. We can't come to Udemy and expect that they're going to promote our courses because there's hundreds right. of instructors and thousands of courses and there's only so many that they can promote and they're going to look at certain things to figure out what they're going to promote that's going to benefit Udemy the most, their bottom line. They're not thinking about our bottom line first. They're probably thinking about theirs. So my month, I just had one of the best months that I've had in 10 months. So uh, it was more than double of the, the prior month. And one of the things that I did is I co-instructed a course with Phil. I had an idea to do a course and I thought, okay, it was something that I had recommended to him. And so I thought, you know, let, let, let me go to somebody like Phil and pitch this idea of doing a course. And we did pretty good with the launch of that course. And so now I'm working on a, a second course for this month along with the other things that I do. So I might only have eight courses, so my income is not on the same level as Phil or Dave or Matt, but I'm doing, uh, you know, books. I wrote a book on Udemy Life that's doing fairly well. I also do Udemy affiliate marketing. I've kind of branched out on where my income 
comes from. So it's not all courses that I'm doing. And I still work with some of my clients with my uh, WordPress courses. So we have to do things to market our courses. And one of the things that Dave talked about the other day is an excellent idea is utilizing YouTube because video is where it's at, not only on YouTube, but on Facebook too. So we're doing things like this blab and Matt and I have our show and I've done other shows myself and Dave and Phil do their show. And he talks about taking this is recorded this is going to be content for dave uh matt myself and phil to be able to use and to break up into chunks of information and share it out there not only as a youtube video but as a podcast as content and also taking that YouTube video and breaking it up into smaller chunks and sending traffic to our Udemy courses. So you have to start thinking about that kind of stuff. How am I going to drive traffic to my Udemy courses? Udemy is not going to do it for us, but if you start doing it yourself, they're going to see that wow, this person generated X amount of dollars on their own. Maybe we should take a look at their courses and maybe we should start promoting these courses too. So that's my thought. You know, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, exactly. Because, because, um, go ahead, Phil. Oh, I was just going to say, like, because Udemy will promote our courses if they see that it's it's if people are buying it. And so that's how people get their courses promoted by proving that, it's a purchase purchasable course. I don't know if that's a word, but so it's good. That's we had a question about why should I even send traffic to Udemy? And I say it's the snowball effect of if you send traffic to your Udemy course, you get those sales. Udemy will see that and they will start to advertise it, promote it. It helps it in the ranking. And so you can't send all your tra traffic to your own site. And that's a completely different argument for doing that. And that's something that I'm starting to do more of. But there's a, a big argument for sending traffic to Udemy so that the snowball effect starts to happen. You make your sales. Udemy starts to make the sales. The, you get sales from the, the search and everything like that. So that's why I would still say promote your courses on Udemy. Yeah, and, and here's the thing about promoting your courses on Udemy versus promoting them outside of Udemy. Um, I do both, and there are circumstances when you want to do promote your courses on Udemy, and there are circumstances when you don't. Uh, but going back to what Dennis and Phil said, most marketplaces, and I think about Amazon, for example, uh, Amazon will reward a product when it sees that outside traffic is coming to that link and buying that product. Now, it's not like they have a human group of people going, oh, wow, look at this thing's really blowing up. Let's promote it. They just have algorithms that automatically boost and promote courses. Now we're talking about Udemy that will boost and promote your course if they see that outside traffic's coming to it and it's converting at a good rate. So uh, I'm assuming that Udemy works in, in a similar way as Amazon, as eBay, and many of these other marketplaces is they have algorithms in place that notice when there's good activity on a course and it's converting at a good rate. And then they, again, not human reviewed, but machine reviewed, they decide, okay, let's include this in this promotion or let's include this in this promotion because very little of this stuff is done by human beings. And I, I know that Udemy wants people to know that, that they don't have favorites. They're not pointing, oh, let's promote this guy because 
No, typically what has happened in the past, if you see that an instructor has been promoted a lot on the Udemy platform, typically it's because they either they initially got an early start and, and got some good conversion rates within Udemy. And sometimes that was a kickstart from Udemy, but it wasn't, you know, a, a favoritism kind of thing. But then it, it created a self-fulfilling loop where because they gave it a kickstart, it got a lot of conversions and then it went into their algorithms and the algorithms started increasing the promotion to that course. We can kind of affect the same thing by creating our own promotions to our own course and, and then Udemy's algorithms pick up on that and they see that extra activity and now they start to promote the course more often. So, um, so that's one reason that marketing your Udemy courses on Udemy is important. I think it's Definitely. tough because um, I don't know how you how much you want to talk about having your own website and your own business. Do you want to talk about that at all, and or, or no? Oh, sure, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I'm just I'm just wondering, I guess, playing oh, the devil's advocate. So his film went quiet, and then I was on mute, and you didn't do anything. And can you guys see Matt? Yeah, I can see. Yeah, him. Matt's talking. Really. <laughs> 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 Dennis, can you hear me? I'm refreshing the screen. Okay. All right. So, so basically, I just wanted to say it's it's tough because I don't necessarily see the the reasons to uh, promote your Udemy courses sometimes and like promote your website some other. So after I finish saying what I'm going to say, I'd like mm -hmm. to uh, hear your response to that um, because if you're promote, it, I, I feel like it it takes the same amount of work to promote your Udemy courses as it would your own website. And if that were true, then if you're doing a great job promoting your own website, you would be rewarded as well with Google, with people who want to partner up with you and, and promote your courses through like your own affiliate program. And all these other great things could happen to you if you do the same thing, promoting your own website as opposed to a Udemy course. And I understand if you promote a Udemy course, then you could be, um, you know, like a David Vu in the selling on eBay space on Udemy or a Phil Ebener or a David Spino or a Dennis J. Smith. And, but ultimately you're, you're, you can't necessarily control what happens. You don't have direct communication over with your students and you're building their platform more than your own. So I could, obviously you're not saying don't promote your own website. You're saying do both. I guess, how, how would I go yeah. about doing both? You know, what I would recommend is, uh, or what I, the way I look at it is, I'm thinking something like 60-40, 60% outside of Udemy, 40% in, or 70-30, something like that. I totally agree with you, Matt. You want to promote yourself and your brand uh, and build that and build your following and build your audience outside of Udemy. Now, there's going to be overflow, though, where people notice that, even though you're out here promoting and you mentioned that you're a Udemy instructor, then people will go over and, and buy your Udemy course. That's kind of like a little bit of overflow. But I think there is a, there is some value to promoting yourself, uh, obviously within promotional announcements, educational announcements, you know, within the Udemy ecosphere. Uh, but I also think there's, there's, a, there's some value, not a lot, but there's some residual value to promoting your stuff on Udemy because uh, you're bringing new people into this ecosystem where you know, you have 25, cor 25 right, courses on there, and they'll discover your other courses. And Udemy, by the way, does a great job of retargeting. So if you, if you were to just be able to get a bunch of people to click 
over to your Udemy courses, even if you knew that most of them aren't going to buy, you know, the first time, but they clicked onto your Udemy landing page, they're going to be, they're going to start to show those people ads for your course on Facebook and on other sites. So there's some value to that retargeting and that other stuff that Udemy does. Uh, but I agree, I think it would be somewhere in the 70-30 range that I would do that. And uh, Matt, did you get a chance to see the blab that we did on, on Thursday? Yeah, I did. It was good. Okay. So that kind of gives you an idea of we want to be building these audiences all over the place, primarily YouTube and all these other social media sites, because then we control the conversation. We control where we send the audience and we decide, hey, I want to send this audience to my course on Udemy or I want to send this audience to my course on Thinkific or Teachable or some other site. So what are some other questions that we've seen? Uh, why don't we start popping some of these questions up on the screen here? Um, you know, not I'm not anymore. seeing the thing on the left. Are you? I sure? know, I've not been seeing them. Yeah, I can't see. I was any trying. Other questions. I was trying to teach somebody how yeah. to use Blab, and then Blab, like all of the features disappeared. <laughs> like yeah. I don't know how <laughs> questions anymore. Barbara, do you know why that's happening? Uh, Is that a bug? I know that she's out. Well, there. we can just read them off the. We can just read them off the thing over here. Uh, let's see. What are the top three best passive income ideas for no money input? Okay, so this is someone. Uh, well, what we're talking about here, own zones, is teaching online. In other words, taking what you know, taking your knowledge, your experience, your skills, and putting it into video tutorials that you can sell on Udemy, Udemy.com, uh, and that's the primary topic of this show here. Uh, and that's why we call it the Passive Income Show, because all of us have income that comes in from all over the world while we sleep, while we play, while we work. It's coming in. It's passive income. You do the work once, and it keeps coming in. Uh, Andy. Yeah, and I would just follow that up. I'll just follow that up with I have created my entire business based off of my online courses. And so now I am making passive income from YouTube, where I've just been posting my some free lessons from my courses, videos related to my online courses, and I've been doing that consistently for the past few years. Um, now I'm making about four or five hundred dollars a month just from YouTube AdSense, so that's that's awesome. Another thing I've done is I've converted a few of my online courses into Kindle books, and so that's another you know hundred two hundred bucks a month. Yep. Um, and then just putting my courses on other platforms. So just putting them out and I see each course and each platform as a different mini stream or mini creek of passive income. And so it's not <clears throat> no money down, down because there is a little bit of an upfront cost if you don't have a laptop, if you don't have a decent microphone. But you can get started with basically just a laptop and using a free software like Google Docs to create presentations. Um, now with the course quality changes, that Udemy has, you do have to have higher quality microphone, uh, but still you can buy a blue snowball on Amazon for less than 50 bucks and get started that way. Um, so I would say online teaching is an amazing way to start out for very low, low um, startup costs. My accountant is amazed when I show him my income and my expenses. And he's like, <laughs> why aren't you spending more money on your business? And it's just like, well, I don't, I don't have to spend money, and so it's like awesome that way. We're gonna have to do a bunch of business dinners or something. Spend a bunch of, run up a big tab on dinner. Alta Panera yeah, bread, right. Panera. Often, right? 
That's right. <laughs> then he'll ask you, what, what's this $50,000 spent at Panera? <laughs> oh, we have a weekly business meeting every week. It doesn't take that much to spend yeah. $50,000 at Panera Bread. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're spendy. It sounds like you speak. To what are you getting a franchise? <laughs> it's every time I go there for two people, it's twenty five bucks. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So we get, we're getting a couple of questions. I don't know if we want to tackle this topic about other platforms, maybe not self hosted, but just other platforms that are working out for you guys. Sure. Do you guys have any? Suggestions right I have now. not started going over to that's like one of my goals is everybody you guys talk about Skillshare and Phil's mentioned a new one skill success Matt his whole thing is his website skillhands.com he's becoming that type of website for instructors to share their courses over there mm -hmm. so if you're interested in that getting on the ground floor take a look at skillhands.com because he's dedicated to helping you with your success so yeah i'm dedicated to helping i'm not taking any instructors to sell their courses on the platform yet so i just wanted to clear that up oh okay <laughs> I, I try <laughs> to help out <laughs> Uh, let's look at a, a couple. Oh, yeah, we're talking about, I'm sorry, I got off track. We're talking about online course platforms. So uh, I do have all my courses on Teachable, but I'm going to be transferring them, a lot of them to Thinkific. Probably going to just keep them on, on Teachable because it gives me another option. Mm -hmm. You see, I do a lot of marketing, uh, a lot of email marketing to my list. I have about 6,000 people on my, on my subscriber list. So every once in a while, I'll do an offer, and I'll just have somebody, um, <clears throat> I'll just create a PayPal button send an email to my list, here's PayPal, order the course here, they order on PayPal. On PayPal, I give them the very next step that they go to is they go to a free coupon link to my course, so they instantly access the course on Teachable. Um, and that's just a way to get them a quicker access to the course, and it pays me quicker as well. Um, but I'm going to be moving most of my stuff to Thinkific primarily because I like a lot of their features. Uh, they're well-established. And I'm a little perturbed with the teachable interface, the way it leaves students confused right now. Uh, have you guys experienced that on Teachable? There were a couple things that I ran into where it's like a student enrolled in a class and then they're like, wait, how do I get to my exactly. class? I just had to rework the top menu. And so I haven't had that, that response from any new students lately, but it's weird that it's just not user-friendly. It doesn't work automatically. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. it's weird that it's not user-friendly. And, and typically what happens with a, a situation like this is it's a programmer that designed it. And to a programmer, it totally makes sense. And to a normal human being, it doesn't make any sense at all. So that's where I think the issue is. But I, I know that Thinkific is much more user-friendly. Yeah. Um, uh, now, there are other platforms like Skillshare. Um, there's Amazing.com. There's YouLearning.com. Uh, that are kind of coming up, you know, no one's quite as big or as, you know, heavy duty as Udemy is. Uh, what kind of experience have you guys had on these other platforms? I mean, I can say that Skillshare has been pretty good, and this is great because we actually have a pretty new audience right here, a lot of returning visitors, that's great, but we did a an interview with uh, Jake Bartlett from Skillshare on the Passive Income Show, and he was just talking about how a great he just is in love with Skillshare. Yeah. It, him and his wife are making about four to six thousand dollars a month on Skillshare now, 
And since I've been on Skillshare, probably a year and a half, I've seen the income go up and it's about three or $4,000 a month for me as well. So Skillshare has been amazing uh, for me. Of course, .co.uk has been decent for me. Uh, I've been making money from it. I do not like how the setup is. You don't get any sort of back-end dashboard with really being able to know your, your earnings. Um, uh, I've had no, someone posted about Corsmos. I don't know how you hmm. pronounce Corsmos. it, but Course M-O-S. And Corsmos, I haven't had any success with them. I know they're trying to, to grow quickly, it seems like. Lately, well, but they I haven't changed. Had any they changed to and, uh, pretty much a free website. But when a student enrolls in your course, you can get that student's email and then put them on your email list. So <laughs> that's a that's a big positive to joining Cosmos. And yes, yeah, Skill Stack Commerce. Yeah, that's Skill Commerce or Stack Commerce. Sorry, Jackie on the side. Continue. I think it's yeah. Yeah, Stack Commerce or Stack Skills. Stack social, all that, all that combined, that's a pretty good place too. I haven't had made any money from 360training.com either. I have some courses there. Sounds like we should um, hear but from yeah, Matt. Just, we should hear from Matt about 360 training. Tell us a little bit about that one. Uh, I mean, I just listed my courses like a year ago, and then Jackie's saying she made money on it this month, so maybe I should check to see if I got anything from it. Mostly, you you find a lot of people and new platforms coming to you and wanting you to list their courses with them. So pretty much, I just have all of my content onto Google Drive, and when somebody asks me, I just share with them the folder and here have at it. Like I don't expect anything from from anybody, but you're planting the seeds because you don't know which one of any of these new companies or platforms is going to be the next Udemy or is going to be making you uh, money. So there's some that I haven't checked. Yep. Like uh, uh, Curious.com I'm doing okay with. Like it's a few hundred extra dollars. Like all you're going to do is share your uh, Google Drive folder with them and you're earning extra money. Like um, Skillshare is my number two. Stack Commerce is really good. Um, Ed Urillo was doing pretty good, but I think he's trying to sell that. Um, not much else. I mean... Dennis is a good Udemy affiliate for me. <laughs> I count that as a different revenue stream. Sure. I have my own revenue stream. Awesome. <laughs> it's actually been good the last couple of days of this month, though. People are out there buying because I'm seeing some spikes in my numbers. Good. Your affiliate numbers? Yeah, I had a, a almost a $100 day a few days ago. Nice. So people are Very people nice. are buying courses, and I mean, I've shifted most of the focus over to online course coupons now that we don't have any dollar courses. And then I started the free course daily to offer to those people who are wanting courses still, but just don't have the income. You know, there are still people out there who want to learn in other countries and can't afford that ten dollar price point that we're in now with Udemy. So wanted to make sure that they had the option to take some of these courses still. Right, right. Uh, we had a really good question. 
uh, from Miguel Hernandez, who has been on Udemy for a long time. I actually, I've never, I don't know if I've spoken to Miguel, maybe sent a Facebook message to him a long time ago, but he was really one of my inspirations when I started on Udemy, seeing some of his courses, and he's been on it for a long time. So it's awesome to have you here. And his question was about what we're doing in terms of pricing our courses on our own sites now that Udemy has made the ch price change, how's that affected how we're pricing our courses on our self-hosted sites? So I have some thoughts, but if anyone else wants to start, go ahead. Well, since you have some thoughts and we don't, maybe, <laughs> maybe you should go ahead. Okay, well, I'll, okay, then I'll start. So basically, what my, my main thoughts are that when I had my courses on my own site, I was matching them to Udemy before the price change. And like most instructors, a lot of my course prices were inflated. So I had $100 courses, $200 courses, and $300 courses. And the amount of sales that I was making on my own site was like a big fat zero. I would come, maybe I made a couple sales and, and it just wasn't working. But since they changed the prices, I figured I had to change my prices on my own site because I didn't want someone coming across my site, seeing crazy high prices and then going on Udemy and being confused with the low prices. So I lowered all my prices to around $20, $25, or $30. And as soon as I did that, without any sort of change in my marketing or promotion of my, my courses on my own site, I just saw a huge spike in the number of sales. And it's kind of obvious that maybe well people are buying it because the lower price but i really didn't have to do much to see sales come in all i at that time all i was doing was i had a link at the top of my main website to my course page i didn't even have all my youtube videos or my blog posts linking to the courses on my own site i had them linking to udemy still and so i started to see these sales and it inspired me to really optimize my site and my YouTube videos. So now I do have a lot of my course links from YouTube to my my courses on my own site um, and from my blog posts and everything like that. But I am actually happy that I have changed the pr course prices. I just found for me, I think that's what my courses are worth. Yeah, maybe I could create a course that's worth $300, um, but the courses that I have right now, I think, People are paying 25 bucks and that's, they're happy with that price and I'm happy with getting those sales uh, without much more work than, than before and I'm making more money than I was before with those, those courses. So yeah, you know, that's what I'm doing. You know, I think that speaks to the type of person that will buy a $300 course versus a $20 course. And I don't mean type by you know, what kind of person they are. What I mean is the type of traffic or how they know you, how well they know you. The person who will buy a $300 course from you is somebody who's gotten to know you, trust you, and like you at a higher level than somebody who I would call like drive-by uh, buyer who says, oh, that looks interesting, 20 bucks, I'll buy it, right? More of an impulse buy. But the person who makes a $300 course buy is a more well-reasoned, thought out, they know you a little bit better, they can trust you more, and they go, yeah, you know, I've bought some of uh, Phil's courses before. And they've been great. And so I could see how this $300 course, which has more content or better content or different content, is going to be better and they're, and they're willing to buy it. So clearly, uh, there's going to be less of those people at the $300 level, but we can cultivate them and build them up through a good sound marketing plan where 
they they have multiple touch points where they see us in a variety of ways. Uh, just having a little conversation with Mark Lasshoff, and he's been around on on uh, Udemy a long time as well. And uh, Mark says that they have he has his courses on a subscription basis outside of Udemy, and that's something that I'm about to do as well. Is take my, all my Udemy courses, put them into a subscri subscription based plan, where people can access the all of the courses for a monthly a monthly fee and it's a whole different model so you have to treat it a little differently and just like Mark said he has courses on there that he doesn't have on Udemy to help differentiate that model but if you have multiple courses I don't see why we wouldn't do that why wouldn't you have a membership site where you offer all your courses for a monthly fee and people can pick and choose over on Udemy or they can just subscribe to your monthly um, your monthly subscription well if you have a monthly subscription um, how, how many courses would you add? Like, how much would you charge, I guess? And then what value would you continue adding each month for, it, for, your, for your ideal student to, to have it be worth it? You know, I, that's something I'm kind of playing around with. Maybe Mark can give us uh, some sense of how much he's, he's charging. Uh, but part of me wants to say something like 10 bucks a month so that the, the entry is so easy and a bunch of people come in because I got a lot of subscribers but they're used to paying like a, a low amount for for training stuff uh, 10 15 17 20 bucks is what they're used to paying so I figure for that audience it'll be something like 10 bucks a month but on the other hand I want to I want to make it worth my while so something around the $20 a month $19.95 a month sounds like it would be about right where most people wouldn't be too concerned about paying that on a monthly basis. So I'm thinking somewhere between 10 and, and 20 bucks a month is um, the range. It, once you start getting past 20 bucks, uh, when somebody sees that on their monthly billing statement, they start to question whether the value is there and you start to see more people, you know, cancel. And, and, uh, and so the idea is to find that, that break point where people feel like they're getting enough value to stay with you month after month after month and not kind of question, oh man, what's this $25 or $30 thing that I'm paying for and I'm not using, you know, if, if that's the case. Jackie Biz, $5.50 <laughs> on, on 360 training. That's awesome. Hey, the journey of a million dollars starts with $5.50. That's right? a good book title. <laughs> Uh, Andy Morris asked, do any of you guys use YouTube ads to build your list? Uh, no, but it, I've heard, Andy, that it's a super good, low-cost way to drive traffic. Um, and I happen to have, in, in my future subscription model, I happen to have a course about that. Uh, not a course that I've created, but a course I've bought the rights to. Um, so if you're interested in that, I could, I could just send you access to that for free. Yeah, I've, I've okay. seen some. I've seen Udemy instructors use YouTube ads. I've seen those before at the beginning. So there are other instructors using that, and Udemy, I think, uses it too. But you, you know, we. Oh, go ahead. Uh, that's. I was just going to say, Udemy themselves have done a lot of YouTube ads in the past. I haven't seen many lately, so I don't know if it's something that didn't work as well for them. And so they're a good 
place to look towards to see if YouTube ads would be beneficial or not. Um, with all kinds of ads and paying for it, whether it's Facebook ads or YouTube ads, I haven't focused much on that because I'm more focused on just putting out free content that directs people potentially to a lead magnet, uh, not always just trying to get people onto a lead magnet or onto my list, um, just giving as much educational content as possible with the option of getting onto my list. Um, but yeah, for me, it's just posting free YouTube videos, articles, um, and I've tried Facebook ads in the past, but it just, I, I'm not an expert in that. I would have to hire someone to do it for me. And I yeah, I've done it too. Yet. And I haven't seen any significant return on my investment. So, you know, I dabble in it some and it get a little bit of results sometimes, but not enough to continue giving Mr. Zuckerberg my money. <laughs> yeah. The Facebook, uh, Facebook ad world is, is a whole nother animal where you got, you have to have a well-developed sales funnel and the back end has to pay for your front end uh, cost. Um, we do have a couple questions about what membership site software am I using to do the membership site? I'm going to be using Thinkific, which is very similar to Teachable. You can do it with either Teachable or Thinkific. Basically, what you do is you create a bundle of all the courses that you're going to have in that membership, and then you give people access to that bundle. Now, the way they pay for it, they can either pay for it right through Thinkific or Teachable, and then instantly have access to that bundle of courses. Uh, and then what, you, what I would recommend is that you add at least one course or two courses a month to keep it fresh and keep it interesting for subscribers. You don't want to just leave it, you know, stale and have the same course bundle for them to pay for month after month. You have to constant, constantly be adding new stuff to it. So that's how it's done, at least in this sense. There are all kinds of other membership site softwares out there. Uh, I've looked at a lot of them. I just like the simplicity of using either Thinkific or Teachable and just putting in a course bundle. And then Whoa. every month you just add another course to that bundle. Did we just lose them? I'm still here. Are you here? Yep. I'm here. Maybe Dennis. Dennis, Dennis is in the twilight zone. <laughs> Matt, we can't hear you either. That's over there. Busting I up. can't hear you. <laughs> it says we're all still here. Can you hear us, Dennis? <laughs> oh, I can't hear Matt now. I can't hear Matt either. Uh -oh. But this is a good break because I know um, Dennis wanted us to just mention that him and Matt are the co-founders, co the duo from the Make Money Online show. And so you can check them out on, on Blab. Just click their little icon at the top left of their little video player and you can <laughs> follow them. You can also, or Dennis, Matt, maybe you should just take a minute to say where. Yeah, tell us about your should. show. <laughs> Matt, I'll let you go. I was wondering why I was getting cut off so much earlier. Uh, not so much, but just a couple times because um, you couldn't hear me. So the Make Money Online show is basically a show where Dennis and I will have a guest on that will teach you how to make money online doing various different things, whether that be we have Udemy instructors come on, we have people who are predominantly on uh, YouTube and have done TED Talks, and basically just doing various different things. It's pretty much um, how you can market and sell 
digital products or informational products on the internet. And it's at it's every Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time and 10 a.m. Pacific Time. Great. Yeah, and just to, to let people know, one of my favorite shows was with Gabby Wallace, and I was going to recommend to Dave and Phil that they get Gabby on their show. She's a YouTube expert, digital nomad who travels the world. If you want to see the replay of that show, if you go to my website, DennisJSmith.com forward slash blab, you can watch our replays. And Matt, I believe you have the podcast for the show on your website, right? Yeah, people can just go to skillhance.com and they can find out, they can click on the blog and I'll direct link to it later. <laughs> cool. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, and you guys feel free to, to add the link here if you want so people can just link right to it. Oh, um, that's right. I forgot that. It's, that I, sounds it's good. It's been a long morning already. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's yeah it has. I'm, I'm glad I had that Chick-fil-A for breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds good. Oh, by the oh, I forgot to tell you guys we're sponsored by Chick Fil A now. Oh. <laughs> nice. We've got a couple of those. Here. Wouldn't that be amazing if somewhere down the road, like in, in a year or two or five, uh, make money online show sponsored by your your favorite beer company or whatever? Panera Bread. <laughs> yeah. We just find ways to insert that that sponsorship message in the in the blab. Yeah. Well, Matt and I bring our beers on sometimes on our show. I was thinking about that earlier. Yeah, that, I know that it's 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 beer thirty already. <laughs> I don't want to I don't want to start falling asleep though on the call. So. <laughs> Getting too relaxed. Yep. So, uh, actually, during when we were talking, I was looking at some of my other places where I upload my courses to, and Moby Marketplace actually just started selling my courses. April seventeenth was the when the first sale came in, and I've made ninety dollars since then. So this is just another case where people come to me, and I just give them the link to my content on Google Drive, and they uh, they do what they want with it. Moby Marketplace. M O B E. Yeah, I'll link to it. M yeah, M O B E. If you look at its Alexa ranking, it's actually ranked pretty high and it could be like hmm. another Stack Commerce type scenario. I think they actually use like the the Stack Commerce uh, uh, dashboard to present my earnings. <laughs> That's interesting. You know, I mean, we're going to be we're going to be seeing all these other platforms coming up starting to get, you know, venture capital money, starting up with different and unique uh, business models. Mm -hmm. And uh, Udemy is really just the beginning. And uh, even prior to that, you know, lynda.com and coursera.com. Uh, Lynda was purchased by LinkedIn. That was a big confidence play to show that online learning was was on its way. And, and you know, so Udemy, re you know, back in November raised $65 million in, in round D funding. Uh, Teachable just raised two million dollars in uh, in a in a round of funding, so the money's starting to move towards what they call ed tech, online learning, on that kind of thing, and I think it it's also interesting that online learning is going to grow during tough times, uh, because during tough times people realize they need to increase their skill set and they need to do they need to be more marketable in in the workplace, and they're going to want more skills and they're going to want to increase their skills to be able to provide those to their employer. So um, 
that's an interesting thing about online learning is the more uh, the more difficult times get, the more people are going to move to, hey, I need to increase my skills and do better. And that's when they'll find our courses. Yeah, it hasn't been, I mean, this market hasn't been tapped uh, fully yet. And so there's still so much potential. And, you know, when we talk about course prices, these $10 and $20, and I've had uh, community college courses in the past, it's just it's, it's such a small investment to take an online course that even if you take away like one or two nuggets from the course, it, it's paid itself back many times. Yep. So I, Absolutely. I just don't I just don't get it sometimes that um, so many people aren't willing to take investments in their futures. I had a friend of mine who worked for a hospital, and if he had taken like his certification, he was losing out on over four thousand dollars a year in additional oh, wow. income because he wasn't taking the certification course. So all of these people are, who are in these dead-end jobs that instead of coming home and laying in front of the TV and watching some mindless TV show, taking a course on Udemy is going to be, or any online course is going to be so much better for their lives in enriching their lives and giving them the potential to have a better life by taking a course. Especially if they take Dennis's courses. <laughs> yes. This segment sponsored by Dennis J. Smith. And can, take, <laughs> take Phil and Phil and I have a convert kit course that I think is very uh, that that will change a lot of people's um, lives with their business. You, you, your list will grow, and you'll see substantial list list growth, and you'll be able to market to those people because re remember Udemy owns the list of your students. And you don't really have access to that. So there are ways that you can build a list. A lot of people don't utilize the bonus lecture that you can put that kind of stuff in. Udemy allows it. So put a link to your website. And as long as you have it set up correctly with landing pages or forms that they can, and a lead magnet, we talk about that in our ConvertKit course that you have the proper lead magnets that you can drive these people into your list and market to them. So when you do have a course that comes out on Udemy or wherever your your course might be online, that they're going to be lining up to be the first to pay you that maybe even more than $20. I mean, if you're good and your students like what you're teaching, they're going to be willing to pay more for your courses. So you have to have those things in place in order to do that to give them the content and as long as you're doing other things like giving them regular content on a certain schedule gabby the one thing that like i think that i picked up from our blab with her i, I wrote down a word is being consistent and i'm not consistent enough and i think a lot of people aren't consistent enough when it comes to blogging or even producing a course Producing a course once a month is not like a huge task. It's really easy to have a course or to write even a Kindle book in one month period. Or Matt, weren't you talking about releasing a, a YouTube video each day? That was your challenge that you had this month? 
Yeah, so, well, I'm gonna do that for the next eight months, but uh, we're creating all this content anyways, so I'm creating content specifically for YouTube and specifically for my blog. So you can schedule YouTube videos, and what I'm doing is I'm scheduling them about a week in advance, so I can upload one every single day, and I can kind of do it in batch work. And it's, it, I can sit down, just a couple hours, I already made the videos, just insert the title, the description, the keywords, everything that we've talked about previously, and I just want to consistently do it every day. If Seth Godin can write a, a blog post every day for eight years, I can do it for eight months. So, Yeah, and, and it's so easy to have the tools, like, just real quick, so here's my smartphone that I can shoot video on, and this is all in my laptop bag. I bought this through Amazon for less than $10. It's a tripod. Or my I thought those were nunchucks. <laughs> that too, Dennis. <laughs> Only when I go to LA. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then I have a lab mic here that was fifteen dollars. And this is just to clip on your shirt. And so the equipment is not that terribly expensive, but it's so easy to make videos on the on the fly when you're on the go and upload them with um what do we call it, LG, uh, 4G LTE, uh, it doesn't take that long to upload stuff to YouTube, and you've got yourself a video. So it's definitely possible to make a video each day that's just a couple of minutes long that is maybe a quote that you like and you tell people like your thoughts around that or maybe some tips that you can share, three tips or something like that. So it's easy to do. Yeah, and you know, Miguel Hernandez asked, asked the question, what do you guys do or what's your number one form of uh, driving traffic to your sites? And on Thursday, I laid out a plan that I'm doing that really capitalizes on the authority aspect because it's one thing to create videos. It's another thing to create videos that position you as an authority and that gives you the highest level of, of credibility so that people want to buy from you they seek you out and uh so I'm, I'm putting a link there for uh for you guys to check out because i'm only going to have it up for limited time uh that's the recording of the blab and then i'm taking it down because i i really honestly believe that's a, a very high value uh training there that we did and um this relieves you from having to schedule your your time to create youtube videos because by doing one blab you have 15 to 25 youtube videos that you can pull out of each blab. And so by simply doing a weekly show, mm -hmm. you're gonna have so much YouTube content. And, and by the way, it'll be much more valuable content, not more valuable, but it'll be more credible and position you in, a, in an authority position um, to be able to drive to wherever you want. So if, if I were just starting cold, and to answer Miguel's question, if I were just starting cold and I didn't have an email list, I didn't have an audience, I didn't have uh, a Facebook presence or anything, I would be heavy on YouTube marketing because YouTube, in my opinion, has so many things going for it. Uh, people search YouTube as, a, as almost like a search engine. Uh, people are looking there for credible answers, credible information. People are, um, it's already a video medium, so it's easy to tra transition people from a YouTube video to a video course. Uh, and you can drive that traffic just about anywhere. So if I had none of the other stuff, that's what I would do. Now, having said that, the primary way that I drive uh, sales within Udemy, of course, is promotional messages. Um, the primary way I drive sales outside of Udemy is an email list. So if 
if all you did was create YouTube videos, whether it's the way Matt's talking about, just putting yourself on a schedule and doing it consistently, and, and, and it is important to do it consistently, if all you did was create videos and send those videos to an email list opt-in of some kind where you give away something for free, like a mini course, and if that's all you did, you could be extremely successful over time by building that email list. And then every time you come out with a new course or every time you want to promote a new course, you send to that email list. And now you've you've captured the maximum of that audience that you could on YouTube to drive to your courses. Uh, so the, in my opinion, that's a big one-two punch. YouTube videos and email list are where you're leveraging the maximum power of YouTube, which is face-to-face -face marketing where people get to know you and email marketing, which leverages the ability to speak to an entire audience in a short period of time and drive that audience to, to traffic. So if I were on a deserted island and I only had two things I could do, <laughs> that would be it, YouTube videos and email marketing. <laughs> I would be laying in the sun. I agree. And I think the thing is... <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, there's that true. too. I was going to say, <laughs> I was going to just say that with all these changes with Udemy and what I had to do was a little bit of self-reflection and just see what was I doing? What wasn't I doing? And I was for a long time just relying on Udemy, just pumping in the, the sales because I had had success and my courses had ranked well last year. But then at the start of the year, I just took the moment to see like, what wasn't I doing? And I didn't have my email sequences set up. I didn't have a good lead lead magnet or a funnel that directed people from my YouTube videos to courses that could potentially, uh, free courses that could I could promote and upsell them to the paid course. And it just took a couple weeks for me to sit down, write out those email sequences, set it up with ConvertKit, make sure that all of my courses looked good using Teachable, and now it's all set up. So doing stuff like that, adding the bonus lecture, making sure that you have links to your other courses or related courses in your bonus lectures, just doing those little things, just making sure that that's all set up before we start uh, freaking out about the course prices and the lack of sales is what I would challenge people to do is just, if you don't have a YouTube channel and if you don't have a website, you got to start one. And that's where I would begin and then set up the, the funnel after that. Sounds good. Let's see if there's any other questions. Uh, we've gone past quite a few I think questions. I've been having a discussion with Mark on the side, and I think you guys can and add, can add to it. He's basically wondering if all of the production value that he's put into his courses are worth his time instead of just doing like a PowerPoint <laughs> or a screen capture or how he put it, having the camera up his nose. <laughs> You better have a camera up your nose and some white powdered <laughs> drug, right? Um, anyway. Oh, boy. <laughs> I don't know where that came from. I'm sorry. Edit that, edit that out. Uh, <laughs> uh, but I, you know what I would do is uh, I wouldn't completely get rid of the production value. I think the production value is really important, but it does take a lot more time, I believe, to create a course that way. But what I think would be good would be to have a hybrid where uh, most of your course is screen sharing, and every once in a while you come on the screen, you know, face to camera, 
um, maybe position the camera a little higher and aiming down. <laughs> and by doing that, you, you still bring in your personality, you still bring in the face-to-face, -face because almost all of my courses are screen share, where I'm either demonstrating something on, on a website or demonstrating a software, or I'm doing a PowerPoint. And I frankly believe that, that, that cutting that corner on the front end, by me not having as much face-to-camera on there, has affected my sales negatively. I, I think that uh, my sales would improve dramatically if I start, and this is what I'm gonna be doing, is I'm gonna be adding some face-to-camera segments to my courses at key points. And one of the ways to do it is just to, it, a simple way would just be to do a, a very simple, hey, uh, I just wanna encourage you to keep going in this course. There's so much more ahead that we haven't covered yet. Uh, at the beginning of the course, I lay the foundation, but man, just wait till you see what, what's coming up. Notice how that message was very general, and I could pop that into every course, right? So I can kind of automate the process and pop that into all 41 courses. And then maybe another message a little later where, uh, where I do get more specific about that particular course and give them some encouragement. I think that maybe that's where the value is in the face-to-camera shots is encouraging them to keep going, encouraging them to engage, encouraging them to ask questions. And you kind of come on as sort of the narrator uh, because you've been narrating a PowerPoint and now you come on as sort of, hey, I just wanted to let you know I'm here for you, here to answer your questions, blah, blah, blah. And um, I frankly, I don't put a lot of weight on face-to-camera videos in a course unless you're actually demonstrating something like, uh, Teresa Greenway, she's famous for the sourdough bread baking courses, you know. All of her stuff is demonstration of how to bake sourdough bread. There, it makes a lot of sense, right? You, she couldn't do that in a PowerPoint. But um, but it is key to bring in, bring yourself in face to camera to connect with the audience and to add that kind of engagement and that sense of, hey, I'm here for you, I'm here to help you, I'm here to guide you, and that kind of thing. What do you guys think about? I would say, okay, yeah, no, I would say I would just, I think the quality of your courses for your, for, or the quality of video for your courses is important for, I just want to note that for your YouTube channel, I would say that it's okay to back off the quality. I've been doing a lot of more like behind the scenes, vlog style videos, just because it's quicker for me to shoot. It's quicker for me to edit. And I, the audience on YouTube is more used to that. They're not paying for that content. I would understand that if someone signs up for a course and pays for it, they would want to see more of a more of that higher quality. Uh, but on YouTube, if it is easier to be more consistent with just shot on your cell phone videos, then I would say go for that. I mean, for Mark and for everyone else who is putting a lot of effort into creating high super high quality courses with professional lighting, cameras, setups, and everything. In the long run, I think that's a good thing because as we've seen progressively, Udemy has changed the rules for quality and quality is going to make your course um, uh, more appealing, higher in the ranking, search rankings and all of that. And so in the long run, your courses is, are going to stand out. And I know I have classes that when I started, it was my laptop looking up my nose and I need to update those classes and I wish I would because uh, for 
for a lot of those classes, the sales aren't there anymore for me anyways. Um, so I think there's a difference in terms of how I feel about quality for my online courses versus my external content. Silence. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Everybody's safe. Well, that silence is a, it's a perfect edit point, right? <laughs> Pause. Every, everybody meditate. Breathe. Breathing exercises. <laughs> hey, you know what? I was like looking at, I know that we kind of like started out with a call that Udemy did. And one of the things that we didn't talk about that I thought that was a couple of like one of the nice features is that they're working on the Dropbox integration so that it'll be a lot easier to take videos and upload them to Udemy and hopefully a lot faster than it's been in the past. One of the other things that they talked about, it looks like that they're not working on any other type of payment processing system except for for the instructors except for paypal right now and i had seen some comments uh, in other places that that was because the students didn't want to, or the students the instructors to pay the fees associated with those services so i thought that was kind of interesting they talked about reviews that it's reviews 1.0 and i know that that's still a pain point with instructors with that coming up so early because uh, I've seen even with some of my own reviews, I just kind of let them go where people have done like a one-star review, which you know that there's got to be something going on there because it's just way off of what my average reviews are. They just think that they have to give something at that point. Uh, so hopefully that they're thinking, yeah, I think with, thinking with, about that. Yeah, I think with reviews, people have a couple of different reactions to the early ask for a review. One reaction is I, I heard I saw something on the previous lab on the Udemy lab saying uh, their student thought that that was reviewing that one lecture, and I thought that was interesting. I hadn't heard that before. And then another uh, reaction somebody could take is, well, it's early in the course, so if it's early in the course, I'm going to give it a one or a two because as it gets later, I'm going to give it a three or a four or five. Uh, you know, we clearly. Whoever designed the review process did not, could not even imagine that people would react like that, right? Because uh, yeah. I can't imagine why people would react like that. But I did the same thing as you, Dennis. I don't have the time to go in and email every person who left a one or a two or a three or whatever. I, I don't. I just don't have time to do that. And I figured it would kind of sort itself out, <laughs> and uh, and over time it would. And that's what's happening. Udemy is now changing the way that they. Um, they prompt for reviews so that people, it's much more clear for people to see that uh, they're going to have another chance later to, you know, I mean, to ask for, to, to give a review. So they're little by little, I feel like they're making changes and they're, uh, they're improving on it. But uh, once again, there's, there's an old saying, the cleanliness of theory is no match for the mess of reality. <laughs> you know, and that's, that's what's happened here, I think, is, uh, Udemy com comes from the theory world, and then we get hit with the reality, and then they, they kind of start to react and change accordingly, and that's fine. I mean, they're a new company. They're starting out. They're, you know, learning their way through this. They're the pioneers, so they're going to take a lot of those arrows uh, that the pioneers take. Right. Yeah, I, I just, it, it's funny. I was just thinking, like, when you were talking about that, like, not writing the students, like, 
writing them and saying, hey, I just wanted to see what's going on in your life that caused you to give me a one-star review. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I have... uh... I have counseling sessions available for people who give me one-star reviews. <laughs> yeah. Maybe that would be a new side business, a new stream of uh, revenue, right? So if <laughs> Phil's doing that, I'd refer them to his meditation tribe. So. <laughs> uh, meditation.com. Well, I, I was more like, what the hell are you thinking leaving me a one-star review? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, at least they're trying, like, with, you know, that they're they're listening. I don't know what the reasoning is behind the uh, payment types, because I know that that leaves people out in certain countries, right, that don't have PayPal access. And that's probably because of, I would think, maybe government regulations that they can't uh, do uh, business in those countries. Could be. I don't know. I don't really know. Yeah. You never know with governments, like, what the reasoning is on that. So... What time looking at? We're looking at 1.09 p.m. here in Idaho. I, I've got yeah, it feels like on the, my mind. <laughs> feels like the questions have slowed down. Anybody have any other questions? We're probably going to wrap up pretty soon. Um, Thanks, Frank. Thanks, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Barbara. Somebody Barbara, Barbara is always... Uh, and she's my favorite because she's been following Matt and I for quite a while, and I've actually met her, and I'm hoping to get over to the Bend area so that I can go have lunch, coffee, or whatever. Bend is beautiful now, right now, because mm. it's nice. Well, I don't think it's been warm. It's been raining a little bit. So, have you looked at Fire Talk as an option for fee-based courses? have not heard of that. Fire Talk. What's that? I have never heard of it. I, Barb, Barb is the queen of blab. Barb, what is rules and resources? Firetalk.com, yeah. I guess, let's see. It's in our group. <laughs> click. Oh, the Young Turks. I love these guys. They're on it, I guess. Just like a news show for liberals. Oh, wow. So maybe we should uh, wrap up by saying what each of us are going to do for with the rest of the day and week to uh, help our Udemy sales, our, our online Ooh, that course That takes sales. a little bit of thought, so let everybody else go first. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> well, I can say what I'm doing. I'm uh, editing a couple course lessons. I'm creating new lessons for a course that I'm teaching with Matt on how to actually use Teachable and Thinkific to self-host your courses. So for people who want to take their courses from Udemy and make extra income from them. I just shot a food photography class with my friend Will, who's a professional photographer, yesterday. So I'm also editing those, those lessons. So a lot of just course production on my end. I'm uploading and scheduling blog posts for the next week, as well as uploading and scheduling YouTube videos for the next week. And I need to schedule and plan automation email series so that when somebody signs up for my email list, it's just a series of a few emails that go out. And I need to plan all those because 
I need to figure out what I'm doing with all these emails that I'm collecting. So that's that's what I'm doing today. Well, you can send them over to my courses, Matt. That's, that's a no-brainer. <laughs> I always my, give you the coupon link. My answer for that always is convert kit, convert kit, convert kit. <laughs> and that's what I'm working on today because that's what I use for my sequences. Uh, so I've got to add some more to my free course daily sequence. Um, I'm also working on a new course that ties into ConvertKit. So um, I'll be doing that today. Uh, let's see what else. Uh, lunch, going to hit a coffee shop up because I like working in places other than uh, the house. And... Uh, YouTube, chopping YouTube videos up into small bite-sized chunks, and I need to look into getting an intro and outro done for that because I like making that stuff look good. And there's so many more things that I'm doing. Oh, I need to approve courses for onlinecoursecoupons.com, so make sure that uh, instructors that are submitting their courses are getting their courses promoted on the site. So I'm always always busy with that i i need to keep up with that or else i get behind so that's pretty much my day yeah pretty much the the kind of stuff i'm working on is i'm continuously chopping up blabs into small youtube videos if you were to go to my youtube channel right now you'd see tons of videos with the passive income show thumbnail on it and then you're starting to see a lot of videos with the selling online show because i do another show called selling online so uh this is going to be just predominant. In the last two months, I've added 140 videos on YouTube as a result of primarily this show and chopping it up into, into videos. So it's a super powerful way. I added the link earlier for that. Uh, the other thing I'm working on is uh, Phil and I are doing a coaching program for online instructors where we're going to just really whittle down the most advanced stuff that we do on a day-to-day -day basis to grow our online teaching business. And it's not going to be just specific to Udemy. It's going to be general. So all the way from how you optimize everything on, on your Udemy channel, how you optimize everything outside of Udemy, and then how you work your way up what I call the hierarchy of you to where you now start offering your own coaching, your own consulting, and that kind of thing, which is really where the big money is, uh, is you take your current success and you replicate it with your students. You help your students achieve that kind of success as well. So uh, that's what we're working on. Um, as we wrap up, guys, I want to thank you guys for joining us. Thank you, Dennis and Matt. Really appreciate you guys joining us on this call. And Always. Phil, as usual, uh, co-host extraordinaire. And yep. uh, I want to just uh, be sure to invite you guys to join the Passive Income Show Facebook group because, frankly, we don't have a topic scheduled for our next week's show next Thursdays yet. Right, Phil? Um, yeah, Tuesday, next Tuesday. I mean, I'm next sorry, Tuesday, Tuesday at, uh, at 4 p.m. So be sure to go to that Passive Income Show Facebook group. Am I pointing in the right direction? No. Have I you think. had Matt on as a guest yet? <laughs> yeah. No, that would be a good thing to do. There you go, Matt. I'll, uh, I'll yeah, look at my that. schedule real quick on Tuesday, and then we'll talk <laughs> after. <laughs> All right. But if you, yeah, if you want me on the show, I'm sure we can make it happen. Yeah, so be sure to join the, the Passive Income Show Facebook group. That's where we're really announcing, a, not a, not just announcing about this show, but I'm putting in all kinds of news, all kinds of resources, all kinds of special things that people in the Facebook group get that you wouldn't get outside of the Facebook group. So be sure to join us there. I want to thank you all for joining us. This has been a fun show, and I look forward to seeing you on the uh, 
um, in the world of Facebook, in the world of passive income, and in the world of making money online. Thank you all. Thank you. Have a good day. Bye, Bye. guys. Have a great day. Bye -bye.